Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You are listening to episode number 92 on the Awesomers.com podcast series. And today is actually the third in a three-part series with Margarita Poiluco. And Margarita is an inspirational entrepreneur in every possible way. She thus far has showed and shared her journey from, you know, being born uh, all the way back in Belarus to emigrating to the U.S., and then, you know, struggling to find, you know, uh, quote unquote, proper jobs, and then even struggling in her first businesses. And today she wraps all of that experience together to, to share again how her and her family have teamed up together to put together a very, very impressive business in the e-commerce space. Primarily, they started by selling physical products on Amazon, but they're continuing to expand into other sales channels and really make a true brand. I love the fact that Margarita and the family have been able to leverage that intellectual equity that they, they banked all those years and then were able to deploy it in a meaningful way in this new fun e-commerce business. It is a really exciting result and an ultimate success story. You know, people often talk about the American dream and I would say that Margarita and really epitomizes what the American dream is all about. So kudos to her. You're going to love this third in a three-part series today for Margarita. Let's get into it right now. Okay, we're back again, everybody. Steve Simpson, uh, joined by Margarita here on the Osmers podcast. And did you notice how I just skipped right past the uh, mispronunciation that time, Margarita? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm going to say Poiluco. Very good. Is that right? Oh, whew. all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sound it out. So I, as long as I've known you and your brother, I my pronunciation is not getting any better. But uh, it's it's my own hard wiring that is wrong. Uh, so uh, again, I'll do better. Um, so before the break, I tease this idea of uh, maybe a big lesson or lessons that you've learned along the way. You've shared some of those already. Do you have any other lesson that stands out in your mind that you uh, want to share with the awesomers out there? Uh, yeah, some of the lessons that I did learn were don't overthink it, T take action. I like to be prepared for everything, and I do not like taking steps before I analyze everything. But as I learned, sometimes you just have to do it and let it unfold and see if it works. Of course, it has to be a calculated risk, whatever it is that you do, but at some point you do have to let go. Yeah, I think... 
that that final point where you just take the plunge, right? So there's a lot of us in this world that are uh, analysts, right? We really want to analyze everything. We want to see the data and we want to, you know, see the plan. Um, and, and there is a, there's a, again, a fine line between, you know, doing a good evaluation of whatever the opportunity or the idea is. And then there's the idea of, we just need to go, we just need to try it. And this is one of the things I love about the internet. Love to get your input on this too, Margarita. The, the internet allows you to test stuff so fast that you know whether there's any hope or not relatively quick compared to the old days of, you know, renting a building and hiring employees and, you know, signing up with the electric company. And you kind of have all this massive overhead and all these fixed costs long term. And then you still don't know if any customers are going to show up and buy anything from you. But in the internet, we can just try stuff and have instant feedback or at least relatively fast feedback. What's your thoughts? I most definitely agree. Um, it took us several tries, even with the physical product, to focus on a specific group of products um, that actually were successful. But before then, there were certainly several that did not make it. And you're right, it was uh, relatively painless when it comes to uh, time spent and monetary expense to do that. Yeah, it's it, we, this is what I like to call the salad days of, you know, testing ideas and business models. And even in the private label world, um, and, and which I most often refer to as a brand world, you started creating your own products under your own brand. And that gave you the opportunity to just test things. And if one doesn't work, you just kind of cut that thing and you move on to the next thing. And it sounds like you were able to do that without losing faith in the concept. That you, so tell me about that. How, how did you validate that the concept of the idea was okay, but maybe your first product or products weren't working as well as you wanted? We were open up to it from the beginning. So we knew going in that not every single product is going to make it. Not every single product or idea are going to work. So we were determined to test them until something stuck, <laughs> something made sense, something worked. And that's what we did. I love it. Yeah. I think, you know, that, so you, your instinct was telling you something here is going to work. You, you got enough data from those initial product launches to figure out that there was hope, uh, but you just didn't quite hit the scale you wanted to with the first idea, uh, first product ideas. Is that, am I getting that right? Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of people really forget this. Um, so I, I can remember like the first 20 products I put on Amazon uh, low these many years ago, They none of them really took off. Uh, none of them worked really well. And everybody always reminds me, oh, it's so easy back in the old days and it was so easy this or that. and you know, easy and simple, I suppose there's some relevance to some of those based on the time, but it, it was just different. That That's the fundamental point. You know, we had products that we just, we launched that we did not feel that were financially viable long-term, even though they sold a lot of uh, dollars. They just, either the feedback wasn't good or the returns were too high and people need to evaluate all of the factors is that how you guys kind of looked at it uh, in kind of that big picture holistic way where you say, you know, sales, margin, returns, customer satisfaction, all of it is relevant? Uh, yeah, most definitely. But also uh, to your point, uh, a lot of people say it was so much easier in the olden days. And yes, it was. The competition was not as, uh, uh, as fierce as it is right now. But at the same time, we didn't know anything about uh, selling. Um, on Amazon or, or elsewhere. Right now, there's so much information 
that is available. There are so many people that are willing to share the, their experiences. So on one hand, uh, yes, it was easy. But on the other hand, right now, is, there's a lot more information available to help you be successful. Yeah, that's quite right. Uh, people also don't remember that, you know, Amazon's growing so fast that, you know, five, 10, I started, you know, over 15 years ago on Amazon with our first efforts. Uh, the, the audience was way smaller. Yes, they were still big. Sure. But this idea that, you know, oh, it was, you know, uh, as, as the audience increases, so does the, the level of, uh, you know, product offerings and so forth. Now they have, you know, hundreds of millions of items, perhaps billions of items, I don't know. And, you know, the audience is growing. I, I think Amazon still grew somewhere like 25% last year. And so far year to date, like 25% again, which is insane at their size and their scale. You know, over $120, $130 billion of, of gross uh, sales, and they can still grow at 25% is insane. That's why they are, you know, a trillion dollar valuation or, or close to it at this point. Um, yeah, so- definitely. Let me ask you this, Margarita. So once you got going and you felt there's some momentum, how did the, how did that take place? You know, from the point where you tried stuff and you're like, there's something here, but it's not quite right. At what point did it start to go, hey, this is a real business? Well, we started several products and then we uh, ended up with a few products that made sense. And we began, um, you know, marketing and testing and trying until we saw that the products were they were really taking off uh so eventually we made a decision uh to move from the basements and the garage into an actual warehouse space and i think to, for me the aha moment was as i mentioned was hiring those first three employees it's it's really felt like a business it really felt like all right now we can really uh, concentrate on the big picture and the growth yeah i can uh i can definitely identify with that for sure uh so as you as you moved out now you have a warehouse now you have employees um and and you had that aha moment where you're like hey this is this is real this is happening i like this was there any point between then and now where you've ever wanted to kind of give up and and go ah this is too much for me or I don't like it or just, you know, any, any feelings that you ever said, you know, this is just, I'm out. I I don't want to do this anymore. I'll be very honest with you. Looking back at all the hardships and hard times that I had gone through this business in comparison is a smooth sailing. I would absolutely find nothing to say. I love it. So, and, and I think your point there is, is something that I want to drive home. It's, it's a relative indicator, right? Uh, it doesn't mean it. So somebody else may go, Oh, well, I, you know, that means if I start my own brand of business, then it'll just be smooth sailing. You, you clearly have adversity and challenges that happen in your, your, your business today. Yes. Of course it's every business, but it's yeah. all relative. <laughs> it's all relative. I, I quite agree. And this is one of the points this is why I love awesome origin stories like yours, because it helps people put in perspective what really is a real problem and what is just an, a day-to-day problem, right? And I, I have repeated often that, you know, our job as entrepreneurs is essentially just to solve problems. We exist to solve problems. That's our key strength. And so the idea that we wake up and go in and we face problems every day, 
that's we should embrace that. We should uh, see that as our our key opportunity, not a you know kind of uh, negative thing. And so, you know, I assume that you and um, your brother and your sister, as you are running your business, that you guys solve problems that come up on a pretty regular basis. Is that true? Yes, uh, definitely. Problems always come up, but again, relatively speaking, they're not big and they're solvable and they're mundane day-to-day -day problems. But one thing to your point I also wanted to mention is um, I try to get uncomfortable regularly. And it might not be, it might be something within the business or personally, for example, I had never done a podcast. And I knew this is something I would be very, very uncomfortable with. And um, as you probably noticed, I had said yes almost immediately because I knew if I was to hold on for a day or two and think about it, I would most definitely say no. But I also knew if I'll commit, I will kill myself, but I'll have it done. It's so important, important to get out of your comfort zone because that's how you expand your horizons. That's how you expand your tolerance level, really, for uh, situations or adversities that will come into your life. So get uncomfortable. Yeah, very good advice. I'm thrilled that, by the way, you're able to take yourself out of the comfort zone to join us on the podcast. You know, knowing your your story and how, how great it is and the, the, the extraordinary accomplishments that you uh, have made along with your family. You know, I knew that the Osmers would love to hear your story, and I'm glad that you pushed yourself outside that comfort zone. Uh, thank you for that. Um, Margarita, let me ask you this. Um, was there a best day in your professional life so far? Was there any day that you just look back and go, man, this was a really good day, based on whatever it was? Uh, anything that stands out in your mind? Again, if we are talking about uh this business that I'm in right now, every day is the best day, regardless of problems that we might be facing, because I am extremely, extremely grateful for the opportunities uh, that I have been given. Going back, all the adversities that I had to go through, I would not change it for the world. All the pain, tears, heartache, the difficulties for myself and my family, I would not change it because it made me who I am and it put me in a position I felt like everything led to this moment. So I'm extremely, extremely grateful uh, for every day that is given and for every opportunity that is, that is given to me. Yeah, bravo. I, uh, I agree with you entirely. Uh, very good way and very good perspective to think about these things. Um, let, let's uh, turn our sights on to something in your day-to-day. -day. Is there a day-to-day -day tool that you use, uh, something that you find to be really additive? It can be an app or a system or a program or a plug-in or, or just a way of doing things. Anything that stands out in your mind you care to share with other awesomers out there? Well, if I can wear off a little bit, it's not a tool, it's not a system, it's not a program. Uh, it is meditation. And it is fairly new to me. I have only been practicing for about a year and a half. But as cliche as it may sound, it, it has changed my life. Uh, first few weeks after I began meditating, I literally felt like I was, and this is crazy. And if you told me this a few years before then, I would say you're nuts. But I felt like I had superpowers. It felt like I had answers to all of the questions. It's a little bit different now. It's a little bit more subdued, but it still gets the job done. It still clears my mind. It still um, 
uh, brings ideas to me. Uh, and I would definitely advise uh, everyone to try it. And I was, I really wanted to try it for many, many years because I've heard all these great people talking about it, but I was having a hard time. And the reason why I was having a hard time because I had a misconception. I always thought that when you meditate, you have to be completely zoned out. And I found it to be not so. Um, thoughts will come and they do to me every day. But even if you don't zone out, your mind still becomes clear. Those problems, it kind of, um, they get filed into different compartments and you can call on them one at a time and solve them instead of having all of them come at you at the same time. So again, meditation helped me. I did have to take a class eventually, but I do meditate at least once a day, 20 minutes. Uh, most days, 20 minutes, twice a day. Also, I think it's very important to know your body, uh, to know what puts you in a peak state. I prefer only working when I'm in my peak state and through a lot of trial and experience, I'm able to uh, go into my peak state when I need to, I know how to do that. So uh, um, no one messes with my sleep and no one messes with my morning routine. So to me personally, those are very important. And then all the tools come uh, afterwards. I love it. That's a very vital tool. Um, so you mentioned this idea, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of us out there, entrepreneurs and and awesomers in general, no matter where you come from, whatever walk of life, we hear about this meditation idea. Where did you end up taking your class? Where did you find a class on meditation? And again, I'm not endorsing the company. I don't work for a company, but I chose to take a transcendental meditation because I heard about it. It was, again, 20 minutes twice a day. This is something that I could fit into my day fairly easily. Uh, and it just worked for me. But any kind of meditation that uh, you can, mindfulness or whatever else, uh, whatever works for you as long as you do it. And sometimes, even if you don't want to meditate, just sit quietly and be still for 20 minutes. It is extremely difficult to do in the beginning but force yourself to do it for the first couple of weeks and then you will see what it does to you. Amazing. I, I definitely have heard the same uh, type of response from the people who have adopted it. And I think that's a very, very good uh, process and tool for people to consider. Um, Margarita, let me ask you to get out your, your crystal ball here for a minute. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they talk about, you know, things that may change in the future or perhaps things that won't change in the future. Um, <clears throat> Pardon me. You know, so often we get wrapped up in what, what is going to change. We forget what's not going to change, which may be equally instructive. <clears throat> what does Amazon look like in five years? Uh, in my opinion, Amazon will continue to grow. As you mentioned, uh, it grew by 25% just in the last year. Um, so my prediction, it will continue to grow. It will continue to acquire customer base and it will help businesses uh, to grow alongside. And how about in e-commerce in general? Uh, are there going to be competitors who give Amazon a challenge? Or are they just going to run away with the, uh, the whole deal? What's your thoughts on that? I know they will try. Uh, to me, it is very difficult uh, to draw prediction on, predictions on that end just because I don't have that background and I would, have, I would hate just to talk to talk. So I, I really don't know. I can't speak to it yet. 
Uh, fair enough. I, I don't think anybody knows the future. That's for sure. Uh, right. are, there, are there any other things that you think are coming in the future that you are trying to strategically plan around? Uh, and, you know, not everybody has, not everybody looks forward, but I'm part of the process of asking the question is to get people engaged in this idea of what's coming. So they, they start to think about it. Is there anything that you think is coming that you're trying to prepare yourself for? Well, as far as uh, physical products, we will continue to grow on and off Amazon. Uh, we will uh, probably look into investing into other businesses, acquiring other businesses. Uh, the only thing I can speak for, and that's again goes back to my real estate background, and you were completely right about that, is uh, the cycle part of it. It's coming. I mean, it is coming. So uh, if you have investments in real estate, I'm not here to scare anyone. I don't know when it's going to happen, but the adjustment will, will happen. Yeah, it is inevitable. It's, it's almost like an economic certainty. Um, yes. now I would say that if somebody says, you know, hey, this house is worth whatever, half a million dollars today, in, in 10 years, will it be worth more than a half a million dollars? Probably. But there could be some point in between now and then that it goes down. And, uh, you know, I, I had a house that, you know, was, uh, you know, I bought in like 2001 and I sold it in like 2012 and I basically got out even. And yeah. That was lucky, honestly. Most of the people who, who uh, um, you know, had a, a setback in, you know, 2008, 9, 10, 11, they were underwater. They, they went backwards. And um, now, had I held from 2012 to 2018, that house would have been, you know, probably nearly double. So all these cycles are going to happen. I, I think it's a, important, and I appreciate you bringing up that point, that, you know, corrections happen in every market that, uh, of this type. And I think both the stock market um, and the housing market are due for correction. We've already seen it in the cryptocurrency, and uh, who knows if that one's uh, over or just beginning. But uh, thank you for those predictions. Um, it, let me just ask you, as we start to close up, uh, do you have any final words of wisdom, anything you care to leave with the awesomers out there listening? And, that, you know, thousands and thousands of times this uh, will be heard. Uh, so what would you have to say to the folks out there? Again, I, I think... I will repeat myself, but to me, one of the most important thing, especially for starting out entrepreneurs is don't overthink it, take action, just do it, just get it done. I love it. I think that's, that's really, it's, um, you know, what do they say? It's simple, but not easy, right? <laughs> yes. All these things right, are very, yeah, just, you know, don't overthink it. Let's take some action and go. And then uh, we realize, oh, this is actually real work, and it's not as fun as you know, uh, as I thought it would be on every second. But I, I definitely would agree, and I, I'm interested to hear your feedback on this as well. You know, when when you get in that zone, when when you feel that momentum is working, even when you're dealing with the mundane day-to-day -day problems, it can be an extraordinarily rewarding journey. Uh, do you agree with that premise? Yes, definitely. That's why, as I said, I only try to uh, work when I'm in my peak state because something that would take me hours to do might take me only 30 minutes in my peak state. So when I'm not in my peak state, I choose to do other things, maybe read a book, which is also obviously productive, uh, but um, something that does not take uh, 
too much energy because it just takes longer. It makes no sense for me. I'm all for efficiency and productivity. Um, and that's what works for me. Again, it might not work for everyone, but my advice also would be find your peak state and what gets you there. I think this was very important for me to learn what gets me there what morning ritual I need to do. And if I need to be in a peak state in the afternoon, what do I have to do to get there? Uh, I think that's really great advice and uh, excellent wisdom uh, throughout this episode and particularly your closing comments there. Uh, Margarita, thank you again for joining me today. It's been uh, great to catch up and, and share your origin story with the world out there. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, certainly my pleasure. Uh, Osmers, uh, if you're out there listening, we'll be right back after this message. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. Well, again, everybody, you know, watching the evolution and, and hearing all three parts of this series, I'm sure you could you could experience the journey along with, with myself uh, listening and Margarita as she told the story, you know, from that very uh, humble beginning back in Belarus, immigrating in uh, to the U.S., you know, finding what opportunities she could and coping with all the changes and all the, the you know, culture shock and the needing to learn the language and so on and so forth. Really, she learned so many things along the way. And again, it's such a great inspirational story because she was able to put all of that knowledge to work and be able to take all of those experiences, even the ones that were not, you know, to use an American idiom, home runs, right? So for those who are not from America, and it turns out many of my listeners, in fact, I think the majority are from outside America, a home run is a good way of saying something that was a smashing success. Not every single thing that she tried was a smashing success at first. Like all of us, by the way, that's the same history that I have. I had many, you know, things that were, eh, they were adequate. You know, they paid the bills, but they, they certainly weren't, you know, uh, creating equity in terms of financial wealth or financial equity. They were just kind of paying the bills and, and we were really m more working in the business than on the business. We were, the business owned us, we didn't own the business, right? To, to replay some of the phrases from the famous book, The E-Myth. Uh, Margarita's story and that of her family is truly inspiring to me. I hope you find it inspiring as well. This is the last, this is the third part of that three-part series. Uh, and it's also episode number 92 on the awesomers.com podcast series. And all you have to do is go to awesomers.com slash 92 to see all those notes and details. Uh, I'm glad you joined us today. I really do encourage you and ask you, if you will, please share this podcast with somebody you care about. Uh, please go ahead and leave us a review. And it's okay if you want to go to awesomers.com slash contact 
and you can tell us how we're doing. You can, that's a direct voice to us. Our associate producers will see that, and I see every single one of those. So whether it's love uh, letters or hate mail, we read it all, and uh, we respect you know your opinions, and we want to learn more and learn how to serve our people and our, our audience, and you in particular, better and better every day. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers Podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.